Perfect. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Elena. Um, I am the co-founder of Investing Bay. And for me, I am predominantly a day trader scalper. Um, I'm really big into the S&P 500. So I like to trade SPX and SPY. Uh, but I did not start out that way. Um, I started off as a swing trader, uh, swinging like individual stocks. And I still have a love for swing trading. I'm just full time now. So I have more time to watch and, and trade um, intraday. And so today, what I'm going to do, um, one thing that I found with working with people is that, well, one, everybody is coming from like a different experience level. Everyone has like different account size, lifestyles, and also um, I know for me personally, the tools and things that I've used uh, along my trading journey, um, I've added things, I've stopped using things. Um, so whatever your trading style, you know, whatever your schedule, anything like that, um, hopefully you can take something away from this because I'm literally just going to hit all the tools I've used in my journey. Um, the first one that's near and dear to me is TradingView. Are any of you guys familiar with TradingView for your charting platform? Oh, wait, let me look at the chat. <laughs> I'm obsessed with TradingView. Um, also, TD Ameritrade is a really good charting platform. Weeble is as well. And so those are just some of my go-tos, but I would say TradingView is number one for me. Um, the reason being is, again, I'm into the S&P. And so if you guys look over here to the right, you can see my watch list. Um, I track the Hang Seng, or yeah, 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 <laughs> sorry, the Hang Seng, which is China. I track the Nikkei 225, which is Japan. I track crude oil. Um, also the Dow, the NASDAQ, especially you guys know, um, I know it's like the Magnificent Seven, like he just said previously, it's more like the Magnificent Four, but either way, uh, the NASDAQ is is heavily tech weighted, right? And the S&P is also heavily tech weighted. So as someone who's trading that, I need to know what big tech is doing, right? That helps me with my direction. Sometimes um, tech is mixed. And so that makes for a choppy trading session on the S&P, or I'll say it can make for um, so my watch list, I've also got the ETFs that track these guys. I've got the VIX typically on a trading day where I'm actually, uh, well, at while I'm trading, but I actually will throw up the VIX as well with my, um, with my chart, just because I like to see what the VIX is doing. I will say this, this is my own personal theory, um, but I don't know if you all have noticed the VIX is moving a little differently than it has historically. And I think that may be due to the like um, the rise in zero day expirations, right? <laughs> so back in the day, uh, what we use these options for was like to hedge our regular portfolios. And so people bought the VIX, you know, the VIX is based on 30 days out, right? <laughs> so like now it's really not common for people. To, I mean, people still buy time, but retail has come in with these zero days and it's kind of changed the behavior of the VIX in my opinion, but uh, historically, uh, I think the standard deviation is like 60 to 70%. Most of the time, the VIX and the S&P move in inverse of one another, uh, but there is a small amount of times where it does move together, right? Um, so anyway, I like to track the VIX. Um, also, I do use MACD and RSI as my indicators. Um, I kind of, I like to call these like my backup dancers because they are lagging indicators. Um, so price action, your candlesticks, um, your moving averages, I've got the 50 and 200 up here. Those are really like your bread and butter um, and also volume, right? I'm, I'm more of a price action trader. Um, so I do tend to err on the, you know, just the volume and, and what's happening up here. And this, this is just for backup. Um, another thing that I love about TradingView is um, there's a ruler tool, right? There's a ruler where we can measure things on the chart. So let's look, just look at this gap. Actually, let me find a crazier gap. Who has a crazy gap right now? 
let's do NVIDIA. <laughs> NVIDIA gapped for earnings and doubled. <laughs> so let's look at this. There we go. There's NVIDIA's gap from way back when. And I'm going to measure. I want you guys to see how cool this is. So for my swing traders, right, even maybe my day traders, if we happen to breach a gap, there's a, um, a ruler tool on here, right, where you can literally go in and I'm just going to measure from here up. And you can literally see, yeah, Palantir is a good one too. So you can literally see like how many bars, you can see how many points, you can see the percentage. So this information, you're like, well, you know, why is this information important? Okay, so let's say you're planning a swing trade. Are you guys familiar with the indicator called ATR, the average true range? I'm going to make this a little bit lighter so you guys can read it. There we go. So what ATR is, this is telling you on average how many points your stock moves in a day or not in a day, but in over a 14 day period, it's the average movement of your stock in either direction, right? So um, ATR on NVIDIA right now on this daily is 20 points. So whatever you're charting, right? Whether you're using a Fibonacci, whether you're using support or resistance, whatever it is, right? If you're trading out of a pattern, like here's a little pendant we broke out of. Well, it's not little, but here's a pendant we broke out of. So here, right? If you're planning a swing, you can actually use that information um, as far as the ruler goes to help you say like, okay, this is how far out my stock can go. You know, this is how fast it moves. Maybe this is how long it could potentially take for NVIDIA to get there. So that can help you with your strike prices. That can help you with all that good stuff to make sure that you've bought enough time to actually capture the move you're looking for, right? Um, another rule for me is I don't like to trade stocks that have an ATR of less than one. So I'm actually going to hop over. Let's go to like, I'm going to jump on Finviz real quick, which this is actually another tool that I like, but I'm going to pull up like Pfizer because we know Pfizer is very, very slow. And over here on Finviz, you can look at this ATR on Pfizer. It's like 0.66, right? So as a trader, if you know that you have a low ATR, right, does it then make sense to buy your contracts really far out of the money and not put any time on them? right? No, it doesn't because it's going to take Pfizer a long time to make like a 10 point move or a five point move, barring they have some type of catalyst that brings in more volatility, right? So just knowing the ATR of the stocks that you like to trade, that can help you make sure it's kind of like, to me, I think of it as horsepower, right? What can my stock do? So you think of stocks like NVIDIA, Tesla, they have higher ATRs, meaning you can get away with going a little out of the money on those, right? If it makes sense to do that. Um, but those low ATR stocks, you've got to stay at the money. Um, at best, you could go maybe a little out, but you still want to make sure you buy time to give your stock time to catch up. Um, any questions on ATR before we move on or any of it, really? All right, let's go ahead and keep going. So another thing, and I promise this is not going to be all about TradingView, but there are a lot of cool tools on here that I like to use. Um, so my Fibonacci, of course, I'm obsessed with the Fibonacci retracement. Um, also, one thing that I like about TradingView that is different from Thinkorswim is that TradingView has like market geometry. Um, if you're not familiar, um, the tools that we use for market geometry, they're essentially like, um, like I talked about the MACD and RSI being lagging indicators. So this market geometry stuff, these are forward looking indicators. So you've got like your um, FIB speed resistance span, you've got your arcs, you've got um, your FIB circles. I'm my, if I had to pick a favorite it's the resistance fan every time. And essentially, I'll just do like a quick example. Um, let's go literally just like a fib. You need a swing high and a swing low. Um, I'm just going to run it for NVIDIA real quick here. So if you're looking at this fan, again, it's based on speed and time. 
And just like a fib, right? Look how we bounced off this. Um, and now we can kind of see we're up here at this upper, well, it's like the zero, zero coordinate, but we're looking to see if we're going to break higher, which would give us a target along this guy. Or if we break down, you know, our target would be along this trend line. So these are pretty cool. And again, they're based on speed and time. So these levels are going to essentially just like the fib, right? Price is going to respect them one way or the other. All we have to do is identify this price action and understand which way it wants to go. Um, even if we jump down here, we can see what it's going for, right? Um, down here, we bounced off the, what is this? Oh, it looks like we just filled this little gap in here and came on right back up. So we'll see what it wants to do after this. Um, but anyway, that's just another tool that I like to use on, on TradingView. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to hit on here before we swap and go to something different. If not, we'll come back to it. Um, but another thing that's super important as someone who trades the S&P or just the indices in general, and I'll actually say really for anyone trading, I think macro is important. I know when I started trading, I really was totally clueless to the macro side of things, which is basically like the economy, what's going on with, you know, interest rates and really anything that has to do with the economy would fall into your macro. So there's a site that I love called Econo Day. And so I love this site because one, it gives you your calendar for the week, your economic calendar, which is super important. Um, you all know, like, for example, on Fed Day, when we just had the interest rate announcement, which they obviously paused, but um, it caused a reaction in the market, right? <laughs> as soon as the, it was announced, we started tanking, we bounced a little bit, and then Powell came out and we started tanking again. But if you didn't know that that announcement was coming, you would have been blindsided by the, the market movements, right? <laughs> so it's really important to know your calendar. Now, everything on this calendar isn't going to cause the market to react, but you guys can see the ones with the red stars. These are big things, right? You can also see all your Fed speakers. Sometimes your Fed speakers will move the market. Uh, sometimes these um, auctions, like these bonds, will move the market. Um, but again, it's just really important to know what you're up against. And I'm also going to go into the international calendar. This one's for the U.S., but you also have the international calendar, right? And I also mentioned earlier, I like to watch China and I like to watch Japan um, because our markets are really close knit. Like they're really, really, uh, our economies are close knit, I should say. So you can actually see when those reports come out for these other countries as well. And sometimes these will also move our market. So um, again, I'm just really more into like China and Japan. I don't really, I'm not going to sit up all night and watch this, but it's still something that I want to be aware of. The last thing on Econo Day that I'm into is this events definitions. So if you're someone who has like never followed these announcements, like you've never really, you know, you don't really know what they mean. Um, that's okay, right? Because they have breakdowns on here of all of them, right? So these are all of our event definitions. Like for example, let's say you don't know what CPI is. You can just click it and it's going to give you a whole synopsis when it comes out monthly. Like it's going to give you everything that you need to know about what CPI is just to give you a general understanding. And then I'm going to move into Market Watch. And so on Market Watch, this is so tiny. Let's see. There we go. Um, no, we don't need that. So you can also see the calendar here, but I like Market Watch because it gives you these numbers, right? So we can see, okay, for um, S&P US Services PMI, right? This was from January. Here's the actual. Uh, sometimes it'll give you a forecast, sometimes not, but you can also see the previous, right? Down here at the ISM, you can see the forecast. We came in above the forecast and above previous. So this is a cool way to track those things. Yeah, for sure. There's there's tons of sites where you can get this information. 
I just want to share with you all like what I look at every <laughs> every week, literally. Um, so from here, let's go into and this one's kind of random, but I'm curious, do any of you all are any of you all into spreads? And spread is basically just like you're not just going long calls or long puts, like you're actually building multiple legs on your options trades. Cause I have some resources for those as well. Awesome. So I'll show you this too. So there's a couple of different ones of these out there. Um, options, honestly, I think I'm going to start and let me just preface this. I'm not a fan of Robinhood. Like I don't trade over here. I don't use Robinhood for anything other than this. And I'll show you guys this. Oh no, it's not going to let me log in. Okay. Hang on. This is what happens. I don't usually prepare too much for these because I feel like I live and breathe the market. So I kind of freestyle. <laughs> Give me one second to log into this thing. Um, here we go. All right. So like I said, I don't usually do too much over here, but I do want to show you guys um, how they, they've like really upped their game as far as breaking down some of these spreads. And I really like it. So if you're someone that's into spreads, right? Um, Robin Hood has a really cool little feature now that they've added. So let's just say we're going to buy, I don't know, we'll buy this Apple call at 187.50 and then we're going to sell, let's say, I don't know, let's sell a call at, let's do, that's really tight. All right. So this is, a, this is a debit spread, right? So if you look at this, there, there's your entry cost, right? But down here, I love that they have like, okay, this is your max profit. This is your max loss. This is your break even. And so if you're, even if you're not using Robinhood as your actual brokerage, it's still a cool way to see like, okay, what can this spread do? You know what I mean? And I like, I like the fact that spreads control your downside for the most part. They do limit your profit, but in the market that we're in right now, it's cool to have leverage and it's cool to be able to play defense and offense at the same time. And I think spreads do provide for that. And again, this is a debit spread. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole spreads because you guys know there's tons of them. Um, but another place where you can go and play around with your spreads is on options profit calculator. And now this site is literally not, um, I don't think they have the intrinsic value all the way where it's supposed to be, but you can still get a good idea of like what's going to go on with your position. So I'm just going to do like a long call. For example, we can say Apple because everyone knows Apple. Um, I'm going to select an option. Let's go out till, I don't know, February 23rd. And we'll go right here out of the money calculate. So now down here, this chart, right? This chart I use a lot with my students to demonstrate time decay. So like, as you can see, um, this red is time decay, right? So as you hold this contract, these are the dates. This is our expiration. This is the price of Apple. And this is your percentage gain or loss, right? And so if we buy a contract and this, the price doesn't move and we're just going sideways, notice how we start losing money in time decay, right? If price rises, it's all good, but it has to continue to rise over time for us to remain profitable. And so I think it's really important for traders to understand, especially if you're going long, um, just buying long calls and long puts, it's really important to understand how time decay plays a factor in that. So um, the window of our contracts, especially if you're not putting time on them, the window of profitability is so small. And what I've learned just from my, you know, my own experience and working with students, it's like, well, just tell me if anyone's experienced this, right? Where you're in a trade 
and you're in profit and then you stop to ask yourself, like, should I take profit here? Should I, you know, hold on a little longer or should I cut losses here? Or like, you know, you have that internal dialogue and it's really important to understand that like the way our, our brains are wired, um, we want to have that conversation of should I take profit now or wait for more? But really and truly the answer should, especially as a day trader, the answer should always be yes. Um, we should always be taking profit because our window of profitability is so short, right? With options. So you can always reposition, you can always re-enter, um, but it is a good idea to lock profit in because again, your window of opportunity is really small. And it's not just on Apple. I mean, like I said, I trade SPX. My window of opportunity is even smaller. Um, like let's say we go a couple days out, like it's the data is unreal on these. So it's like, you really don't have the luxury to hold on to it. And again, if you're holding something for a swing trade, more long-term, then you've bought time to allocate for that. Like you haven't just bought, you know, a two day or a same day expiration and you're trying to route out all these reversals because our premiums, they can't tolerate that. Um, and yeah, this again, this is SPX, but look at this. If we just hold it one day and we don't go anywhere, we're already down almost 20%. Like that's a lot. All right. And again, you can build out different spreads up here. Um, you can get advanced with it and just kind of see the possibilities. So I think that's pretty cool as well. Let's get on to the next one. Let's go into bar chart. I use bar chart for a lot of things. All right, you guys. So vol or not <laughs> bar chart. Um, this is like, honestly, this is one of those things that I've used since I started and I use it to this day um, because it's, it's like everything really that you need is here. So let's go into, I'm going to start on... I'm going to use Beyond Meat as an example. I always poke fun at Beyond Meat's finances. So there's, we just put the ticker in over here on the left-hand side. You can, there's so much information you can get over here. You can even do like your fundamentals and stuff over here as well. Um, but down here is the finances, right? So you can get like a financial summary, which is going to break it all down for you really, really quickly and really briefly, but you can also get all the way into their finances. So like you can see like, okay, are they profitable? Are they not? Um, and I can tell you now they're not, you know, they're really not that profitable. Uh, the share price absolutely reflects that you can get their balance sheet. Um, and then also their cash flow statement. So that's also, I like to come here just to get my financial, not my financials, but my fundamentals done, um, because it's all right here and it's really, really quick. Also, another thing I want to point out on here is the trader's cheat sheet. I think this is pretty cool because even if you're someone who's just learning, um, technical analysis, they have all these different things for you here, like all these different price levels. And so if you want to use this to kind of check your work, like if you're charting and you want to cross-reference back over here, um, that's something I used to do to help me get a hang of things and to make sure that I'm uh, on point when I'm actually charting out my levels. Also, um, they have, let's see if I can find it. They have your SEC filings. That's super important. But I also wanted to show you guys this. And so I know a lot of people use the Fibonacci. I'm happy to go over it if anyone's not familiar. But um, on this, you can change your expiration date. So to whatever you're looking for, I just pushed it out to next week. But you can actually see all the calls and all the puts on this particular stock. And then you can see the volume and open interest. So you can see right now, there's actually a lot of open interest on these $10 calls. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of open interest here. Um, over here you've got a ton of open interest on $10 puts as well. Um, I don't know when their earnings is, we could probably find out, but you can see that there's a lot of puts in here. 
call volume is bigger than put volume, but the put open interest is crazy. Um, one thing I do want to add to this, you want to look at the Disney puts or we can actually analyze Disney. I'll make a note of that on here. David, is that okay if I analyze Disney for him? All right. And so, yeah, so you can come here, like, for example, let's say you fib out um, a chart on this is beyond, right? Let's say we fib out beyond and we have an, a price target, right? Then I like to come here. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's like you like to come here and say like, okay, if I think it's going to, you know, $10, does anyone else think that? And then you can obviously see there are some more people that are sitting up here. This is really interesting to me. I'm curious to see how this plays out. Um, another thing that's cool, though, is like order flow. So like if you're watching order flow or you're looking at your options chain to kind of see where your open interest and where your volume lies, um, it's really a good idea. And even like if you're looking at unusual options, like let's look and see if I can find the unusual options here. Yeah. So unusual options, right? This is one of those things where um, you want to make sure that you understand what you're looking at, because like one of the things for me is I, I was in a bunch of groups before that used to do call outs and they would just call out unusual options activity like that was their signals. And so it's just important to understand how to read unusual options, because it's not just like, you know, OK, where <laughs> like let's say snaps got calls coming in. We just go by snap calls like, no, we need to understand like what we're actually buying. Let me see if I can find this slide for y'all. I really like having visuals. All right. So with unusual options. Okay, here we go. So this is a screenshot from Thinkorswim. Um, but basically what unusual options are is like when um, your trading volume is five times or greater, the average daily trading volume for the specific options contract, right? So the specific strike and expiration that you're looking at. And so a couple things that they don't give you. Well, I'll say this, right? One thing they do give you is what these what these strikes are. Like, like we just saw the one on Snap. So we understand what the strike is. And we also can see what, what they paid, right? What they paid for that specific large order or series of large orders. And so that's really important because these don't tell you like, okay, when something's going to happen. They basically just say, okay, someone knows something right? They're taking a large position here, but our job is to investigate, to figure out what it is, right? We don't ever want to just blindly take a trade. Um, we want to understand what's going on and make sure the technicals match. So when you look at your unusual options, uh, the first thing you want to look for is what was the price paid, right? What was the actual order placed at? So calls, right? If your calls are coming in at the bid, those are bearish calls, right? All calls are not created equal. So if your calls are coming in at the ask, like towards the ask price, that's a bullish call, right? Same for puts, right? Puts at the bid, that is a bullish put. Um, I can sort based on current price of the option. Oh man, I used to have a really good one and I'm trying to think of what it was. I think, let me check the link first before I put it on here because, oh my gosh, I cannot remember what it was called. I had two before. One of them was super expensive. It was like 1200 bucks and we split it. And then one of them was a lot cheaper and I cannot remember the name. It was like stream something. Let me see if I can find it real fast. And the reason I don't want to just guess is because I was in a class. I was teaching a class trying to pull this up one time and I typed the, the website in wrong and it was like some adult website on accident. So I don't want that to happen again. Um, but I'm going to try to find it. I'll try to find it for you. Oh, man. What was 
was it? It was like stream something. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm going to try to figure it out for you because I really can't remember. Um, I know bar chart now does have options flow as well, though. They do have options flow. So this is they literally added this, I believe, last month. Um, but they do have options flow. So you can kind of see what's coming in. Uh, but again, just pay attention to what they're actually buying at because you don't want to buy in when they are. Oh, yeah, that's it. Flow algo. Flow algo. <laughs> that was it. Um, flow algo is super expensive, though. So just keep that in mind. If you have like friends that want to go in on it with you. Awesome. Um, if you want to do it yourself, that's cool, too. But that's the one we used. It had dark pool, it had unusual options, had order flows, all that good stuff. Um Let's go into also, I believe Finviz, if you pay for it, it's it is um you can pay for the live data. It's like um delayed. And then also trading view. You can also screen with trading view as well. Um let's look at Disney. I'm down to analyze Disney. Let me make sure I hit all of my tools. Oh wait, that's not what I needed at all. And so I'll preface this. Like if it's earnings, honestly, you can throw your technicals out the window for the most part, because you really never know how the market's going to react to something. Um, I'm not a huge fan of trading earnings just because they're so unpredictable. Um, I am a huge fan of playing. Uh, I don't want to say playing, but I'm a big fan of gaps. <laughs> so if there is a gap left behind, I'm there for that 100%. Um, but Disney does have a huge gap there. I don't really know. Um, I don't know too much on Disney's fundamentals right now either, to be honest. I kind of backed away. Um, looks like we maybe have a little bullish penny here forming. Again, this is all speculation because, like I said, I don't usually analyze charts right ahead of earnings. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I really don't know. It looks like, I mean, you've got these trend lines here. This is your major trend line like for the from the daily that we've been holding. We're in a golden cross. You see they're 50 above the 200. And you've got bulls pushing up on this thing. So it really could go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could really go either way. But the thing is, um, with Disney, all they have to really say is they have some good news. People are going to eat that up, um, especially with all this AI craze. So I don't know. Um, it could go either way. But this short term looks, not short term, this is our four hour, but it looks like the bulls are pushing, just consolidating in there. And also you have Elon too on online going in on Disney right now. <laughs> I saw him um, talking about the lawsuit yesterday. Does anyone have any questions? Um, I like to be super interactive, so don't be shy. Like anything about trading, the market, the resources. Like when I tell you all I live this, like the market is everything to me. So I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has. I just like to keep things simple. I feel like you can go in the market and extract money um, and less is more. You know, less is more. I think price action is king. I always believe that, um, but I think it is cool to have like resources that you can go to for for help and things like that. Do you have income strategy passive or active? Can you elaborate for me? Oil, stocks, and gold. Basically, I think you can never go wrong with gold, right? Like gold is, it is what it is. Now oil, um, with everything going on in the Middle East, oil is, is interesting right now. <laughs> um, I think really we're just kind of playing by ear. Because everything that happened, not everything, but a lot of things that are happening over there can affect oil. And it's like, we really don't know what's going to happen until it happens. But for now, it's 74 bucks. I'm not mad at that. It's, let's see. Yeah, it did come down. We'll see. It looks like it's trying to death cross. It looks like it's basing a little bit too. We've got the support coming up higher. So we'll see what happens here. Oh yeah, for sure. 
For sure. Seasonality. For anyone that's not familiar, like different times of the year, oil fluctuates based on different times of the year, too. Not just oil. Lots of things are affected by seasonality, too. Are you guys more of like swing traders, day traders? I'm just curious. Can you show in your course how you can generate weekly? Oh, yeah, for sure. So basically for me, because like I know everyone's budget and all that is different. Um, but basically, I like I don't like to set goals. Like I don't I know that sounds weird, but I don't like to set goals on trading. Like let's say like a daily goal of profit or a weekly goal of profit, even a monthly um, and I found that like psychologically that affects people's decision making. So like if you're someone who's saying like, I want to make, you know, a thousand dollars a day, if you don't make a thousand dollars a day, then it, it makes you feel like you failed or you didn't, you know, you didn't hit your goal. And it's like, you don't want to get, you don't want to get comfortable taking unnecessary risks to hit that goal. So I'm very much more process oriented. Um, I think it's really important to just lock in and have your trading system in place and just focus on your trading system and improving it or, you know, holding on to your consistency because the money is like a byproduct of that. Like profit is a byproduct of you having a system in place. So that's just for me personally. I don't really have a goal. Um, I just really try to focus on taking good trades and, and play defense. I don't like to let things go against me. So that's another thing that's super important. Um, the new Bitcoin ETFs. So I'm not a fan. I know this is so horrible. I'm not a huge fan of crypto, um, but I do. I am a huge fan of trading. So if they have options and you're tracking um, like Bitcoin and you can capitalize off the movements of that ETF, I think that you should go for it because you I mean, I don't personally follow Bitcoin. And so if you are someone who follows it, that's a way for you to totally take advantage of something you're aware of. Like for me, um, like biotech, right? I don't care to read up on clinical trials and all that. So I don't really trade that arena. But if that's something you're into and it interests you, I think you should go take advantage of that. Um, I use um, a lower time frame. I use moving averages. I use market geometry, um, MACD and RSI. Like I said, those are my backup dancers. Um, but I'm usually trading like lower time frames. I trade a lot around catalysts. So like CPI, unemployment, GDP, Fed day. And again, uh, keep in mind, I'm trading the SPX, right? So I'm not, I'm not, I do trade individual stocks. Like I caught some Baba calls earlier this week. Um, but for the most part, I'm following the macro stuff and seeing how it affects the S&P. I come from real estate, but trying to get into trading. Oh yeah. Trading is a game changer. Do I trade Forex? No, I do not trade Forex. I do not trade Forex. But I'm happy to break down some more trading stuff, just like price levels and things like that. If you guys want to see like how I analyze and all that good stuff. And to your point, um, it says, can you show us how you generate weekly or monthly income, your bread and butter? I think it's a good idea. Yeah, SPX is beautiful today. Um, but I do think it's important to like always have a trading plan. So when you do go into a trade, like it doesn't have to be some typed out, you know, Excel spreadsheet. It can be. But really and truly, you want to have a couple things in place, right? You always want to have your entry condition. So like, what am I looking for to get into this trade? And most of that is going to be technical, right? So for me, on a technical entry, I'm just going to jump down here. Let's say, oh, this chart is hideous. Let's do, does anyone have a prettier chart today? Man, oh no. Broadcom, 
whatever. We'll just do anything. It doesn't matter. These charts are crazy today, but it's all good. All right. So we got, we got on Apple right now. Um, so yeah, one of the first things I'm going to look for is where's my 50 and 200, right? Because that relationship, the white one is my 50. This purple is my 200. So like, what's the relationship between the two of those right now? They're hugging each other. So that tells me we don't have a clear direction, right? Like when the 50, when we're in this golden cross and the 50 moves away from the 200, that uptrend is a little stronger. When they're hugging like this, this is like a reversal potentially. Well, when they're converging like this, that's looking at a reversal. And then when they're hugging, there's literally no momentum. So if we cross down, we're looking at a death cross, which would bring in typically more bears. If we open up to the upside and start crossing to the upside, that's going to green light the bulls, right? Typically, not always, because we're dealing with low volume today. So that being said, for where Apple is now, all we have is support and resistance, right? We have daily support, which is here. That's our low. And then we have our resistance, which is our high. And we're really trading. Actually, now we're trading more towards the low of the day, right? So there's really nothing to get excited about until we get back in that golden cross and, and trend back in that upside, but we don't really have the volume for that either. So to me on Apple right now, there's no nothing to take action on. All right. I'm going to throw up a little trend line here too, just to wait and see what happens with it. Um, but for now it's, it's a dead. Um, but that being said, the next thing I'm looking for is going to be volume, right? So I need to see my high and low of the day. And I also like to see my high and low of the previous day, right? Cause if you look at yesterday, Let's go up here to this daily real quick. All right. So this would be, this is yesterday's high of day. So I'm just going to um, annotate it here. Previous high of day. And then over here, we're going to do previous low of day. So on this daily time frame, you see how we have a new high today? But notice the candle here is purple, meaning we're actually trading a little bit lower than where we opened. But that's okay. So when we get back down here, now we're like chilling on this trend line. Um, what was that on a five? Yeah, the regional banks, uh, what was it, NYCB? NYCB has been getting cooked. All right, there's a gravestone right on down to our trend line. So we'll see what the volume does here. Um, but until we break this trend line, there's really nothing to talk about for the bears. Until we start getting some bullish volume in here, jumping this 50, there's not too much on the bulls either. Um, now, if you're doing something more long-term, right? Well, if you're doing something long-term, this thing is going the wrong direction, first of all. But um apple what is their dividend friday so typically from what i've seen with dividends there is typically like a little bit of selling that takes place after dividends get paid out so we'll see what apple's on um after friday but for now you guys see this volume like they're fighting for direction um we just need somebody to step in and push this thing but all that aside i want to see my previous high and low a day as well so if you look at yesterday we're trading below yesterday's high right so that's actually bearish too and then over here this is today's low i thought i'll mark these sorry guys um but i like to label these because it's important to know what your price is doing right so for a bull i definitely need to be above yesterday's high right and we're not we're not there yet so um on the flip side so my downside trigger i'll be looking to take out the low of the day right for for puts low of the day with volume um, and then my first target would be the previous low of the day. So that would be my next target down over here. If we take out this with some volume then I'm looking to retest this, and then this will be like maybe our first stop or maybe here, we could really stop at any of these. Um, but this was where like we had a big little dump there. Um, and then from here, just check your MACD and RSI, especially on your entries. You just want to make sure that they're agreeing with you again. Remember they're lagging. So this comes first. 
But over here, look at your your uh, MACD, right? MACD's lines are hugging each other. They're going into a cell, but the more space between these lines, the stronger the trend. And so we do need some more selling volume to push this on down. And then RSI, oh, here it goes. Um, RSI is hanging out in the middle, right? So for me, I know RSI means, you know, over 70, overbought, below 30, oversold. But I like to look at RSI as like a temperature. It's almost like a, a thermometer. Like it checks the, the temperature and the sentiment of the market, right? If RSI is running hot, like let's look at our, our girl NVIDIA, right? We hit 700 today. Shout out to all my NVIDIA, NVIDIA shareholders. We made it. So if you look at a stock like, like NVIDIA, we've been overbought since what, January 9th? And so when RSI is above 70, yes, it's overbought, but it's also bullish sentiment, right? It's also bullish sentiment. So just because your RSI is hot, that does not mean to automatically buy puts, right? Imagine if you bought puts right here on NVIDIA, you would probably need an ambulance, right? <laughs> it would be a shock to the system. Same for the downside. Like, let's look at somebody that just got cooked. Um, what's a stock that just got smacked? Oh, NYCB. All right. So look at this, right? RSI is below 30. It's been below 30 for a couple of days now, but just because it's below 30 now doesn't mean it's time to buy calls, right? The vibe is bearish, clearly. So that's why I'm always like, this comes first, this comes second. Now, if RSI is like 99 or not 99, let's say RSI is like 90 and volume for the bull starts drying up and we start getting those crazy candles with the wicks that are pushing down, that's telling me that we're maybe looking at some profit taking, right? We're looking at some weakness and momentum and RSI is really high. Now it's time to go. But if RSI is high and the bulls are hammering something, don't try to short it. <laughs> you don't want to be that person. Um, wait until the market tells you it's time to go to the downside and then we go to the downside. Um, we are not here to like force the market to do what we want. We are just here to react to it. Um, for us, wait, let me see. I do use the fib and I'll talk about that too. Um, so yeah, for a new trader, where do you suggest we start your education? Um, we, let's see, I always feel so awkward plugging our stuff. Um, but we do have some stuff like that can help. We've got some free resources too. Okay. I didn't mean to do that either, you guys. Can you tell I didn't have coffee today? <laughs> okay. So this is our site. And we, I know like people have different ways that they like to learn, different skill levels. So we tried to cover everyone, even price points. Like we have stuff that's free. We have stuff that's a dollar. If you want a mentorship, it's a little more expensive, but we have like live classes. We have, um, they pass is our weekly market prep. We charge a dollar for this for the first week, um, but we meet three times a week at least. We do like book club um, where we read like money mind books, trading books, anything that has to do with like finance, personal development, mindset, all that good stuff. Um, we read them together. And then we also do market prep. So we'll get into our macro. We set alerts as a group together for the week. Um, and literally, if you just want to see what it's like, it's a dollar. <laughs> it's a dollar for a week. Um, just so you can get to know us. Then we do have our mentorships where me and my partner work together. Um, and we really like, I don't want to say we're all in your business, but we really can help you with the things that you need. Because our community is, I want to say there's like, I don't know, maybe like 6,000 people in there now. And so it's obviously not possible for every single person to, to you know, have us there <laughs> constantly. But the people in mentorship, we're more so like, you know, checking in with them. Um, they take classes every month. They have you know, one-on-one -on -one live sessions, live trading, all that good stuff. 
um, live classes. These are for groups. Um, our new series is going to kick off for February and towards the end of the month. Um, but this one's going to be all about scalping. Um, so for anyone that's new to scalping, wants to get into, into scalping, um, day trading, that's what we're going to be, right? We're going to do a whole live series. And then also we have like the coaching. So um, down below, I think is our, we've got some free resources on here. Um, so there's all types of stuff. We have a community that's totally free. Um, if you just want to come hang out, it's, it's really just like, um, it, it is a trading community, but it's more like a, I don't know. I can't really describe it. It's more like a family oriented thing. Um, but we all just kind of hang out, um, share stories. We trade together, we trade live together, all types of stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope that answered your question. But I will say this, um, anytime you're getting into a trading system, you want to stick with one that that you like, that you understand, that works for you. And you just want to build consistency because I've seen a lot of people kind of hop around from group to group and they never really stop to develop that like discipline to, you know, to stick with one thing until you master it. So I think it's just really important because like you can learn every strategy in the world. But if you don't have a handle on like your impulses and your self-control, things like that, then it's it's not going to look consistent. The profit won't look consistent. Anyone else have questions? I wish I had a coffee now. I hope I didn't bore you all to death. <laughs> Let's see. If you were to start right now, where do I want to trade? So right now, honestly, like I said, SPX is my go-to, but it's not looking like it's very tradable at the moment. And I do think it's important. Like you mentioned bread and butter. And that's so funny to me because I tell my students that all the time. I'm constantly telling them, like, find your bread and butter, find the stock that you like, that you understand, and let that be your go-to. But at the same time, as a trader, you don't want to limit your profitability, right? In every way that you can, you want to increase your profitability uh, without over-leveraging, right? I want to make that super clear. So, like, when you're... Finding your stock, like to me, my bread and butter is SPX, right? It used to be Boeing. I used to love Boeing, right? I'll show you guys this too. Um, Boeing used to make patterns, like it used to make flags and then it would take off and then it would make a flag, like coming out of COVID. You guys see the pattern here? This is one of the stocks that really got me into technical analysis because this was like the easiest trades of my life. And then of course, Boeing had issues. And as you can see, Boeing rose and I was like, oh, it's almost time to buy. You know, she's done basing. But then, you know, we have doors and things flying off the plane. So we're back at square one almost. Um, but nonetheless, I've still got this thing marked up. Like I still have all these gaps marked up. Whenever Boeing gets its life together, I'll be back. Right. I still love BA, but I got to get my money wherever I can make it. Um, let's look at SMCI too. SMCI's monthly was like a monster. You guys look at this chart. <laughs> this pennant is insane you can look at it on the weekly this was insane this thing consolidated for like months and months and months and then it just blew um if, but i'm i'm trying to find something that's even on the move today really uh i mean there's a lot of things on the move but it's like the moves have already happened um dollar trees on the move costco yeah costco looks like it's consolidating again too but you guys see support well i said how support is rising and then you have that when you have like low volume in the market um one thing to remember is that think of it like this right when you have low volume and this is a good example of what we just saw happen on costco when there's low trading volume um 
like let's say a big sale comes in and we're trending up like what what just happened here there's not enough buyers in the market to absorb that sell so these candles look insane right <laughs> this candle just knocked down like what the four previous candles and now look at it so when you're trading in a low volume environment it's important to know that like the price action is really jerky and same for the downside right if you have a bunch of sellers step in um and the selling dries up i don't know if you guys have noticed but even on like SPX, the reversals are crazy. Like as soon as the volume dries up over there, it seems like the other side steps in and it can get really like gnarly really fast. Um, Charter put D by VIX. So I have in the past, I haven't recently bought VIX, but I have bought it in the past, like when it's gotten super low. Um, and that's just because like when the VIX bounces, it usually bounces pretty hard. Um, but if you look at the VIX right now, like not telling anyone what to do, by the way. <laughs> Definitely not doing that, but you can kind of see the VIX has been bouncing down here a little bit. Well, not a little bit. It's been doing it a lot. So yeah, I have no, I'm not against buying VIX. I think it's better to buy it than to do the options. You can do options, but you're up against time and we don't know when it's going to bounce, right? We just know that it could. Um, Axon, is that A-X-O-N? Oh, this is pretty. This is pretty. I'm not familiar with this company, but I'm not mad at this chart. I don't know about day trading this guy because the volume's pretty low, but the daily chart is insane. Do you also teach investing or only? No, we teach um, investing, trading, e-com, real estate, um, taxes, anything money related. Because like when you start building up capital, like you've got to know what to do with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, we teach everything. Targets for Axon. Let's see. I'm not familiar with this ticker, but let's get to know it real quick. Average true range is 5.57. I'm going to fib this out just from like this low to this high. So this could take some time to actually play out here. Um, but next target up, according to my fib, you're looking at 277.21 for the upside. And you really want to hold it. Well, you see how they're pushing down here. You really want to hold it above 264.69. And then if not... If we break this, then you're looking for 259.78. That's your golden ratio. Did you get that? <laughs> I feel like I'm just like, so 277.21 would be your upside trigger. Okay, cool. Good deal. Where's your offer page? They are, I don't think I have one. Everything's like through the site. Everything's literally, like if you go on here, you can kind of see everything's laid out for you on here. There's the day pass tiers. Um the schedule and then like diamond is on here. I think prices, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prices are all on here for diamond classes. I'm not gonna hold you guys. These are not updated. So um, we'll have these updated. This is January sessions, um, but we'll have February up there too. We've got the schedule. It just hasn't been, it hasn't gone live yet over here. But like I said, our community is free. Um, if you want, I'm happy to post a link to the community in here. If anybody just wants to come hang out and see how we how we do stuff um but yeah can you also go down target charter or wait let's see chtr oh she's oversold let's see look at all this selling this volume is crazy all right i'm gonna mark up this gap for us first and foremost atr is 13 that has to be yeah you see how atr just spiked because of that drop it doesn't typically move like that let's fib I'm going to take it from this low here, um, 282.54, and I'm going to take it to the bottom of that gap for the high, 345.01. And again, 
our ATR is 13. It's usually not that high over here. So let's go down. You see how all these lower frames are like super oversold on Target? The 15s already started bouncing. Okay, yeah. Oh man, it's still pushing down. It looks like, let's reverse this out. So your next Target down, you're looking for 270.21. I don't know how long it'll take it to get there, but that's the next level down. That's your extension. You can see we already started. If I move it over, then you're looking at 269.18. 269.18. This thing is still pushing down, but look at this RSI. It's 13. You've got a trend line here too, and this is nasty work. I don't really follow Target. I'm not Target. I don't follow Charter, but this is ugly. I don't know what happened with them. Well, I know it was their earnings. Oh, wow. That explains it. <laughs> Let's see. All right, y'all. This was fun. Thank you for having me, David. And not just David, anybody, everybody. Thank you all for having me.